This, this is the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Happy, Happy Hour. Hour. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. Brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. And by SWBC Mortgage. Financial solutions to help you meet your personal and business goals. Visit SWBC.com. Now your hosts, the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network All-Stars. Stars, welcome to the show. Welcome to the Cowboys Club here at the Star. I am Shannon Gross, and I will be trying to keep this thing between the ditches tonight. Uh, joined by some very special guests. We'll save the best for last. To my right, from our flagship station, 105.3 The Fan, Corey Majors. How you doing, Corey? Doing great. I love the the look of this place. It's a beautiful place. The today. look and the smell. Yeah, because the smell amazing. is great. To his right. My uh, co-office mate and uh, longtime work partner, Nick Eatman. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing exceptionally well. Thank yep. you, Shannon. Yep. To your right, probably the most tenured person at the table with the Dallas Cowboys, Mickey Spagnola. How are you, Mickey? Oh, I don't know. You, I know, what my, my you guess, know what that means. You know what that means. The guy to my right, <laughs> the guy to my right, might dispute. Why don't you that? introduce him, Mickey? He's to your right, closest to you. Have the honors. Well, we have the Cowboys. How should I put this? Self-made player who came in here as an undrafted free agent grew up in richardson texas dallas texas dallas texas <laughs> richardson, richardson right thank you sir. very good thank you sir. everson walls who is not shy by the way cowboys cornerback uh who i believe still leads the team in interceptions am i right yeah i could lead these guys by myself <laughs> oh hey who said that what what, what? hey i figured it would take about a minute to get some shots going what do you here. mean they've got like five oh, interceptions after i got, after eight I got games. shots i got shots first of all amazing man hey, uh I didn't know you guys were all-stars. I didn't vote. Did you get a vote? I was wondering you, about that also. Yeah, I didn't call know this all-stars. Yeah, it's amazing. And the food, man, all-stars or not, you never fed me, Mick. You never fed me. These guys are No, food. you always left this, when this we food, got man, done. You got food here, bro. You, you, when I came here, you just gave me a handshake and pat on the back, and I was out. <laughs> that is These guys so are wrong. Don't be afraid. You guys are all-stars in my book. You're welcome. All right. And you can you. have more than water, too, by the way. Oh, see, that, uh, that's the first you've ever we can said start that, that before. Too. Yeah, yeah, thank you. There you go. There All right, go. well, let's talk a little bit before we we'll dive into some of some things about you, Everson, but you brought it up. You, you said you could lead this team by yourself <laughs> in interceptions. What do we think? What's your opinion on the state? We're about halfway through the season. We've got a lot of football left. The schedule's getting really difficult as we go forward. What's your thoughts on the Cowboys so far this season? What are your expectations going forward? Well, a thought so far are, you know, we are who they thought they, we, they, who we, who they thought we were. And I say that because we're always – we feel a sense of urgency all the time. When we get ourselves there, then we're like, whoa, let's, let's turn it on. And we are amazing when we do that. Right. Starting with the Philadelphia game, it had to be, you know, we had to go through that fiasco in the Meadowlands the first time. And, and see, these are the things that make me nervous because why? <laughs> you know, why go through that? Uh, you know, you were right there. I know the teams that we were playing against were a little bit easy early on, played well against the Saints. All things considered, that's a tough place to win. It's a great defense they're playing against. Mm -hmm. But when you look at all those games, we've always had an opportunity. If we would have just held up our own in one facet of the game, we still could have won those games, mm -hmm. such as defense, turnovers. 
You know, nobody's fired up until a coach has to talk some trash and give you some bulletin board material. Now, all of a sudden, oh, here we come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to me, man, they are so good. They could come out and dominate almost any game in that manner. They might still maybe lose a game, on, you know, because it can happen. But they could definitely control the pace of any game defensively if they just put their minds to it, and they've shown that. Yeah. Corey, on paper, this team, like Everson said, could dominate any team in any game. What do you think the biggest – they always seem to get off to slow starts. They always seem to play down to their competition, play up to their competition. What do you think the biggest – why can't they get it together and just put their foot on somebody's throat and just mow these people over? Yeah, that was something we were talking about with Mickey earlier today, and I, I do wonder sometimes if there's a, a part of them that's uh, kind of questioning or a little nervous early in the game and maybe a little tight. The expectations, as you know, Everson, with the, with the Cowboys, the star in your helmet – you are at an elevated level all the time. You, you have high expectations of yourself, and I wonder if they, if they do realize how good they are yet. Mm. If they're one of those, those teams that realizes and has that kind of swagger and has that kind of confidence about themselves. I know they, they talk a big game sometimes, and sometimes that's when they're at their best. Right. Whenever they go out there and talk that big game, they really put themselves on, on the line, make themselves accountable, and I love that. Uh, so I want to see a little bit more of that because they seem to play better whenever they have themselves in that kind of position. I did have a, a question for you, Everson. As somebody who's forced so many turnovers in your career, Jordan Lewis, we've watched him go do what he's done, and he just, I mean, he makes plays. Yes. And Bill Parcells used to say whenever he was here, sometimes uh, you, you want guys that just the ball bounces their way. Uh, you want more guys that are lucky uh, than, than aren't lucky. And I, we were trying to figure out why a guy like Jordan Lewis can step on the field and make turnovers happen. Is it luck? Is it preparation? Is it uh, instinct? What, what is it that, that you always recognize that helps you get those force those turnovers? Uh, you know, to me, it could be all three, depending on the situation. Uh, you know, he got the pick in, uh, in the Jets game, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think he was a little bit out of position on that play, but still had the heads-up ability to look for a ball, catch it. To, yeah, and <laughs> complete the process. Yes. And, and, you know, that's the thing, uh, e- even with Woods. Um, you know, this guy, he, he just missed one. I mean, he missed it like three or four times in one particular game. But, you know, you can see it's there. You know, just continue to f- just finish the process. Now you see him in, in, in this past game. And, you know, the, the an- anticipation uh, just the re- some of these things are really not that hard. Some are, of course, because you're out there you're trying to protect yourself. You can get hit and hurt at any time. But when you have an ability to make a play that is almost simple, which he made it look simple because it was good. Okay, he did it well. He anticipated the throw. He knew they didn't have much time to throw the ball. Dealing with a young, young quarterback. You know, the, it's right there. I mean, We've had so many opportunities to where we made that look too hard. And I always bring up the instance of Jeff Heath uh, playing the, the 10. I know it was a 10. Everybody's man-to-man outside. They're funneling everything inside. The receiver ran a slant. That is what that defense is made for. You pick that crap off, and he could have had a pick six. For some reason, and it amazes me, the ball hit him in the back of the freaking head. Why would the ball be hitting you in the back of the head on a slant route and you are the middle guy. It's made perfectly for that. Coach Richard said, uh, my defense is made for turnovers. So he's saying the blueprint is there. The players just have to understand that. And that was a quintessential 
uh, 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 example of how they just weren't ready to make the play. And it was, it was set up for him perfectly. I've never seen a ball hit somebody in the back of the head. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I just haven't. That, Did I you just like turn and look at the quarterback? Yeah, I thought maybe that was the whole goal was to boom. But no, it was it's obviously they played different. So what was the key for you getting all those interceptions as a rookie? I used to play wide receiver. <laughs> I wanted the ball. The ball, I didn't even want to hit nobody. I just wanted to catch the ball and lay down. That was it. So I know my limitations. <laughs> Nick, at this point in the season, are you more encouraged or discouraged or worried about what you've seen thus far? Uh, encouraged because mm-hmm. they've won two straight. Discouraged that they did lose to the Jets, who might be the worst team in football. That's still going to be sitting there. But at least they've had two wins. We're starting to see the defense play at a level where I think, you know, that's what we wanted them to be. But I don't know if this team is, you know, maybe they are just going to be a 10-6 and six team, 8-8. Eight and eight. I, I don't know. I, everyone talks about all the talent. I'm not sure. I'm not sure they've got all as much talent as everyone thinks they do. I mean, I, we'll see. But, I mean, right now I just feel like they're, they're, they're pretty good. They've been good at times. But – you know what? The the depth is not there. It's it's very top heavy when Pro Bowlers, but if I mean receivers a problem. If Mari Cooper's there, this is good. If they're not there, who who can run a route? So I don't know if this team is as good as they are. When they're all healthy, that sounds great. But when is a team all healthy? So I don't know. Yeah. I think to me the key position is uh, the key. Uh, 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 I guess X factor is they're just young. Some of the guys are just really young players. Zeke is young. Dak is young. Lawrence is young. They're just, they're just not, they haven't, you know, as far as a maturity level, uh, being consistent, being ready to play every game, not needing bulletin board material, already in tune to yeah. what your coach is talking about. You, you had 11 picks your rookie year. Like, and this is their fourth year. Like, when is it not? I, I'm not disagreeing with you, but when are you not young anymore? You know, yeah. I mean, how many? Good question. Two Pro Bowls for Dak and Zeke and rushing ch- titles and, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know if they're, if they're that young. I, they do have some. I just I just think that the depth is maybe not as good as we thought, like across the board. But man, Mickey, when, when they're healthy, which is you know, once or twice a year, this could be a really good team. He had a six nine defensive end in front of him. <laughs> yeah, he used to knock down my interception. <laughs> I could have had more. <laughs> Ed was in the way. Move, Ed. Man, you had it. They I had it, man. What you doing? They couldn't see coming. <laughs> Knocking down all these passes. I'm cool back here. <laughs> no, it's the the consistency is, is what you worry about. And if you just take the Giants game, uh, like I said early in the week, you know, the self-inflicted wounds. Sometimes when you play a really good team, you can't overcome yourself. But they were good enough this past game to overcome themselves. Or were the and, Giants bad enough? And the Giants, well, let them do it, right? Yeah. But they, they gave them so many chances. You can't do that and always overcome yourself. I, I thought Dak said it perfectly after the game. He said our biggest rival is us. That's right. And, and that's what happened. If you look at the three losses, that's exactly what happened. It was them. You know, you, you lose two fumbles against, uh, you, against the Saints. You, three interceptions uh, the next week against the Packers, and then you get off to that goofy start against the Jets. Who gives up a 92-yard touchdown pass? Cowboys you ever see year. that before? This is a question I want to know. They played the Jets, what, three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Where was that damn cat? <laughs> I mean, seriously. 
I mean, where was the cat then? That's a good one. Run out there and change the whole season the, for uh, The way that cat looked, oh it, it was in that stadium, and it's been in that stadium for a long time. I got, that was a healthy I cat. I got a 95-pound dog, and he wasn't going to mess with that cat. Oh, that cat was <laughs> mean-looking yeah. cat. And bro. you know, it took him that long to get the cat off the field. That was a very smart decision. Oh, you, you can count any no. crewman. No crewman was but, going out there no. and be like, oh, I No, got who's going to run after no, a cat? Nobody. You don't nobody. pick up a cat unless a cat so, wants to be picked up. I read – I read in the New York Post today that those cats live there. And th- they found a, a worker at the stadium. Now, you don't want to use his name, so you can take this for what it's worth. <laughs> he said there's a colony of 300 cats at MetLife Stadium, and they live in this tunnel underneath the stadium where only the workers go. Does not surprise me. And he claims that they, they actually feed them. He yeah. said 11 25-pound bags of cat food a week. Wow. So that was the alpha. So that's why that's that cat was cat. healthy, right? That was alpha cat and, right and, there. And so she's like, watch this. Everson, <laughs> Everson could I'm vouch. do it. Tonight. He could vouch for this. Hold, so my, when, hold my Miller Lite. I'll be right, right back. Be, <laughs> you did it on Sunday in a preseason game, but I'm doing it on Monday night. I, I never saw the dog, the cat leave the, the stadium. Oh, he kind of finally went up the tunnel. Okay. He went okay. to the gym. He went to, to his seat. Right. Yeah, he went back to his He went back to his suite. Yeah. He went back to his suite. They originally said when they first built giant stadium out there remember it was it still is swampland right that when they had the racetrack there that they brought in all these cats to take care of the rodents and mm. then the cats never left Interesting. so they were well fed yeah. now, i don't know if it had anything to do with jimmy hoffa i was or, gonna say that right <laughs> that could be a hoffa cat man. yeah right that's a hoffa cat right there bro. all right let's take our first break and when we come back let's get into a little everson walls talk here on the happy hour
back, back to the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Happy Hour. Yeah, check this out. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. We are back. Big shout out to SWBC Mortgage for letting us hang out for an hour. Big shout out to Cowboys Club for this wonderful food and beverage that we are experiencing here. And thank you to all my wonderful co-hosts for <laughs> showing up and looking so wonderful tonight. Mm. You're, you're welcome. I mean, you said that Corey's with the fan, and he is. But let's not forget that where Corey, you know, started. Yeah. DallasCowboys.com. Where, where did you start, Corey? Uh, yeah, I started as an intern with DallasCowboys.com. Nick, right. Nick and Mickey and uh, Rob Phillips We're assigning old. me all the, all the things. <laughs> I, uh, I missed a couple deadlines, but uh, but other than that, I was okay. It worked out for yeah, you. It worked out. It was the best experience that I think I ever got in this business because they actually put me to work. I was telling you that a little mm-hmm. bit earlier. Yep. They, they said, hey, uh, you're going to go write a sidebar. You're going to write a feature story. You're going to write – you're going to go to Columbo. It was his first his first practice with the Cowboys, and I was the one that got assigned to, wow. to doing a feature story on Columbo for the first Sounds time. Sounds like somebody just – like sloughing off work Absolutely. that they didn't want to do. <laughs> That's all it was. Maybe you the guys Columbo? to your right right there. <laughs> I don't want to talk to him. He's huge. He's <laughs> the guy that goes get the cat. Yeah, That's right. Well, at least he whipped this offensive line into shape <laughs> after he took over. All right, let's go down the line here. We'll finish with, with Everson, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Everson's career and some things that you guys have worked on yeah. that we've done with DallasCowboys.com and stuff. But we'll start with you, Corey. What's the one thing that you're either – most surprised about this season so far or that that you're impressed with or the one thing that stands out to you that's a positive about this team man I I really didn't know what to anticipate from Amari Cooper uh like I I know what we saw at the end of the season last season but the connection that he uh, has had with Dak Prescott I guess the big question marks going into the season were what is Dak and what is Kellen Moore's offense going to be? And the way they've put this together, it's it looks like most of the time, because Mickey alluded to that earlier, they're driving down the field before they shoot themselves in the foot. They're mm-hmm. picking up yards. <laughs> right. I mean, it was the Green Bay game. They, they had, what, 12 yards, 9 yards, and then there was like a 32-yard that was going to be a touchdown, and it bounces off Amari of Cooper's hands. But watching this guy play is just phenomenal. And hearing uh, Sanjay Lal say he's not elite yet, just, I'm mean, like, hold on, how? How not? Yeah. Uh, but I do, I remember having a conversation maybe last year or the year before. It was kind of about Dak's accuracy. And uh, Drew Pearson and I were talking. And Drew's a confident guy. You guys think he's a pretty confident <laughs> yeah, fella? Yeah, he's, he's okay. Yeah. And, he, uh, <laughs> and he, I said, uh, I said what's your catch? what was your catch radius with Roger? And he was like, I didn't need a catch radius. I, I can hear him now. We just talked about this. I, I was on his show. Yeah. Just put it in a zip code. <laughs> he said that every pass to him was great pass yes. because he's going to catch it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no matter where it is, it's and, a great pass. And, and Roger will back him up on that. Right. You know, and, that and, and that's the thing with Amari Cooper. It looks like he creates his own zip code with the routes that he runs. So whenever I watch him play – I'm just in awe of, of what this wide receiver is doing and what him and Dak can do in the future. I feel like I'm going to steal Mickey's here. Robert Good. Quinn. I, I just didn't think Robert Quinn was going to come in here for, what, a sixth-round pick, fifth-round pick, whatever it was. Usually, like, Good investment yeah, so far. Like, all right, well, you know, he'll help a little bit. Now they're double-teaming him, right. and you saw what Demarcus Lawrence doing. Michael Bennett, I mean, that, that guy through the middle, that, that's another story. But Robert Quinn being able to come in here and do what he's done, that's been the most impressive part so, for me. My surprise, yeah, 
pleasant. That they've lost three games already. Mm-hmm. You ain't no? You said positive, Mickey. <laughs> well, and that's you the know, positive. I, I, we tried. We tried, <laughs> we tried to keep it positive. No. <laughs> Everson, I'm sorry. This was going to be a positive oh, show. No, I'm so glad I'm not But you didn't, let, you didn't, right let, me, you didn't nah, let me get to the positive. This sounds okay, positive. Okay. He and, they're and, 8-0. And, and the positive is they were good enough to be 8-0. Yeah. These guys are they terrible. Are These good. guys are terrible. I mean, terribly good. That's what I mean. <laughs> they, are, they are good. The offense should be should almost score 30 points a game. They've done it five out of the eight times, right? And, and if you don't turn the ball over the way they got into turning the ball over those three, those three games they lost, they're good enough to be 8-0 right now. They scored over 30 points how many times? Five of the eight games. How many games have they won? Five. <laughs> okay, just checking. And so maybe the, the three they lost, they didn't get to more than 24, well, right? No, they lost to the Packers. I think they did get up in there, didn't they? What was that score? 24. 34-24. Ah, uh, you got to get yeah. to 30. Close. There Close. you go. Gotta and then, you know, and two two-point losses. So they're right there. You just got to close the door on those games when you don't make mistakes the way they made mistakes. Yeah. And your turn. Yeah, your I'd turn. say, believe it or not, I'm going management on this one. I really am. Um, As a surprise, this is positive. Uh, yeah, positive. You know, I'm straight up. You, <laughs> you and your rep. I hate you. You should guys. have seen them in 1987. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> never management. I wouldn't even go in the door. But no, uh, I uh, am impressed with the uh, acquisitions that, and moves they made. You know, at Bennett. That's a hell of a move, man. Yeah. I mean, you saw that guy playing. That, I mean, just think, you talk about depth. That's something that we kind of need. Yeah. Because whenever we have just – we're such a delicate team, and I don't mean that in a dainty way. I just mean Tyron goes down. Man, we just have – we just kind of got stepped back and say, how do we adjust to this? And we don't adjust very well when we got one guy down. Van Der Esch goes down, we do well. So I like it when we do well, when we, we're somewhat delicate at times, when we don't have those uh, – that depth that we need. But the acquisitions we've made, I've been pretty impressed with them. Quinn, I had never heard this guy, man. I'd never heard of this guy before. Even and when I'm he was with the Rams? Coming, well, I, I thought he came from the Dolphins. He well, but he, he was yeah. with the Rams initially. Yeah, well, why the heck is he with the Dolphins? Because they moved to a 3-4. They, they, they didn't move some schemes around. He's a 4-3 guy. It's same with Bennett. Really. And the Dolphins did the same thing. They gave up on him because they were moving to a 3-4. I don't know how. Yeah, I just don't know how. I, I don't. I don't like when, when coaches do that. I'm not saying I, I should. You know, smarter than the mm-hmm. Dolphins coach, but I think a lot of times coaches come in and they say, "This is what I do. This is the way I play." Well, that sounds good until yeah. you got a Robert Quinn. And you're like, you know what? Maybe we play like this. Or you got an Everson Walls who might be slow as hell, but he can make a few plays. <laughs> right. And then so let's let's just kind of you know, if it's working, let it work. If the Quinn stuff is working, then let it work because all I see is a guy looking like Carl Lewis, man, coming off the corner. And the quarterback's immediate feel, he's always looking behind him. And I just just having to uh, go up against that and having uh, Lawrence on the other side, I just think that right now management, are make, they're making some big moves. Going back to Amari Cooper's move, they've made some very positive moves for this team to where if they are able to catch on and if they are able to have that ultimate success, it's because of those few small, you know, moves that turned out to be big. You know, and with Quinn's speed, the, the addition of Bennett rushing in the middle, 
because a lot of times when he doesn't get to the quarterback on the outside, he's getting run past him. Right. The quarterback's able to step up. Well, he ain't going to be able to step up much longer. Yeah. And I, I was like Nick when they first got him. I said, okay, they got a designated pass rusher. Going to bring this guy in on nickel downs, right? Mm-hmm. And then we kind of saw him in the offseason and saw him, uh, you know, in the OTAs and minicamp. And I remember asking one of the coaches, I said, can this be a three-down defensive end? Can he play the run? And it was like, oh, he can do that yeah. for sure. And yeah. I was like, okay, I need to see it. And then he got hurt in training camp, missed the first two games, suspended. Uh, but, yeah, he, he – what was it? It was a seventh-round pick? I think so, seventh round or sixth. sixth or seventh, I think it was a sixth. Seventh, and when, and when you look at him, I mean, he's, he's of course, he's, he's buffed and everything, but he's just not all that – Huge, no, no, and he's so nimble, he's so quick. Gumby. He gives Gumby. Ev- all these big guys, <laughs> they can't touch him. It's like the white Freeman, it's like the white Freeman a little bit to where he, he's so quick, he's so small that uh, they're just not comfortable going down after him, and he's able to dip them every time. He's, 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 a, he's a great addition to this team. You know, the first game he played, was it? So it would have been the third game third of the game. season. Yeah. Was that Miami? Before the Packers. Yeah. Was, it was Miami, right? Yeah, it was an old team. The, 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 first, the first play when they got in, like, <laughs> three wide receivers and it's nickel, he got double teamed. <laughs> it's like the, they, the, the running back went over there and got him with yeah. the defensive end. And and knocked like, him on his ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was, and it's like, it was, but it was like, welcome back. What yeah. about what about double teaming Demarcus Lawrence? You're, you're doubling this guy, right? But they knew. They knew. Yeah. They yeah. knew. Sometimes I, I think uh, you're talking about the the front office and what they do. Sometimes a move you don't make might end up being a really great move. I, I know the Rangers. Okay. They didn't sign Josh Hamilton one year. He ended up kind of spiraling out after that from there on sometimes you don't make a move for a safety that'll cost you a lot of draft picks even if the safety has all that talent sometimes well, 14 million dollars you don't drive Randy Randy Moss. Like, like earl, earl thomas, earl thomas. Like earl? yeah yeah you could go earl thomas or jamal adams we can see that working out but you know randy moss i mean I yeah know. that's that's, <laughs> that's yeah. I, know. I do wonder though uh with with uh with michael bennett would they have made that move if tyrone crawford was healthy uh, because I think that some of the best coaches, some of the best front offices, you look around the league, they anticipate, they say, how do we become more adaptable? How do we get better? How do we add more talent? They did it with a frugal price. I mean, getting Michael yeah. Bennett wasn't expensive. I don't think, I, they, I don't think they go after him. And I don't. I got another question then. Do they go after him if Tristan Hill can, can not be a healthy scratch right. and actually plays like a second-round pick? He's just not ready. Um, but if he was rushing from the, from the middle of the, of the line and like they thought he would, I don't know if they go out and get that. No, I absolutely agree with you. And then it became a necessity. Yeah. You know, and, and if, if they were all there, it would have been a luxury. But a seventh-round pick, bring them on, right? Yeah. Because these other backups aren't – I mean, they're nice players, right? But they haven't produced numbers yet at defensive end or in the middle. So bring them on. you got Malik Collins and, you know – Michael Bennett. Yeah, now Michael Bennett. Yeah. The, good, the encouraging thing, if you're a fan – is going back, you brought it up, the Amari Cooper pickup. Seems like this, this you know, ownership, management, they're not stubborn. They're not right. hard-headed. They, they realize, okay, we thought we could get by without a number one receiver. Right. Didn't work. Let's go get a guy. Okay, Tyrone went down. We've got other guys we can plug in. Let's really go get a guy. Let's get a guy in the offseason. So, as a fan, like, you've got to be encouraged that they're really trying to make moves and, and, and win and now. That's the only thing. They really don't. They, they seem a little bit lazy in the offseason. season. 
Mm-hmm. It seems like during the season, all of a sudden, they, they, they seem to be very, uh, I hope it's methodical. It's almost like they, they really got don't a, make many in the offseason at all. It's like they got to see it, right? People. Yeah. I see, I'm like, okay, they signed a guy at safety. Like, oh, yeah, he was drafted in the 10th round, and, you know, he's from whatever school, and, yeah, he was on special team. Like, why the hell are we signing this guy? So those are the moves they make in the offseason. But during the season, when we need it, and they sign guys, it's almost like a Belichick move. They sign veterans who know how to come in and play now. Mm-hmm. You know, Bennett doesn't need a lot of training. You know, uh, oh, Cooper, obviously, didn't need a damn right. thing. Right. You know, <laughs> and so these are, the, these are the kind of moves that were made to where these guys stepped in and it was a seamless yep. uh, transition. Quinn as well. He came in, he's ready to go. Plug more more of an off-season thing, but still, yep. guys that came in were ready to go. So, sort of like what they did in the old days, if you think about it, uh, when they struggled in, and this is before you got there, but you were watching them as a kid, right? 76, they're like, well, we don't have a running back that's yeah. our top running back. Oh, well, let's trade up in the draft and see if we get this guy named Tony Dorsett. Yeah. Right? Did that and, work out? And then 79, <laughs> when, when, did that work? when Ed Jones good. decided he was going to go boxing and they needed another defensive lineman, it was like, Okay, we're going to make this trade for John Dutton. Yep. Right, and you played with Dutton, yes, right? I played with And they thought he was a defensive end, but he turned out to be a heck of a defensive <laughs> tackle huge. inside, right? He's huge. And mean. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, he's mean. He's the only person that Tom Landry was ever afraid of. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, for real, guys. More, more so than real, Randy God. White. Oh, no, well, see, Randy was, you know, he would respect Tom, and he was quiet. He was grumpy, but he was quiet. <laughs> John Dutton was grumpy and loud. Oh my God, we'd be stretching doing. <laughs> Sounds walk. like Mickey. Yeah, we're, we're stretching, and he just and his voice is like a, a a preacher, and it's just a big baritone. So he starts fussing, man. And Tom Landry can hear everything he said, and he acted like he didn't hear a thing. You know what? Let's take our next break, and I've been threatening to do this, but let's have some Everson Walls talk when we right. come back because these stories. I love oh, stories see, like this. be dropping dimes on people, man. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. When we come back on the happy hour.
back, back to the SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Happy Hour. Yeah, check this out. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. The beautiful, aromatic Cowboys Club. <laughs> Here with my friendly guests, Corey all, Majors all to my right. Guesses. All star, my bad. Let me get that right, Mickey. All star <laughs> co-hosts here, Corey Majors, Nick Eatman, Mickey Spagnola, and the greatness of Everson Walls joining us. So let's get into a little Everson Walls talk. Let's. Can I throw something at him? You can totally throw oh, something Lord. at him. Okay, old, old so school coming up. Nineteen eighty-five preseason game. Against he's the, not making eye contact with you. Man. Yeah, he is. He's <laughs> checking. He's checking to see how much longer he's going to be here. I'm sorry. Preseason game. Preseason game against the Bears. Randy White gets in a fight in a preseason game. Do you what remember you, that? that? Was uh, eighty-five? Oh, that was in London. No, no, eighty-six was the Bears in London. Okay, okay. eighty-five. Oh, was, forty-four, nothing. Yeah, not yeah. the pre-season, regular season. Pre-season. preseason. Do you God, remember I Randy? Remember. I don't remember. Yanked the helmet games. off of Mark Bortz and bonked him on the head with no, it. No, I missed that. And he got kicked out of the game. Man, preseason? Maybe you weren't playing. Yeah, you might probably, have been too good no, not to be well, on the field. You know, field. I was about preseason. I wasn't paying any attention. I, what is Randy doing? <laughs> That's like Gogan getting in a fight at the Pro Bowl. Randy right? said it. <laughs> Who does that, man? You Gogan, know what I'm saying? Gogan. Yeah, yeah Gogan. there you go. Randy, Randy explained it, that it was hot and it was preseason and he didn't want to play. <laughs> he didn't want to play. probably didn't want to play. <laughs> so, but you were talking about Dutton. And you yeah. remember how the locker room was divided up in those quadrants? Yes. What did you call yours? Get a row. <laughs> Because, because uh, you had some, uh, you know, uh, you guys, people of color, yeah, were on that road, and uh, Steve Diossi, I think, for yes. some reason, <laughs> oh my God, who was the opposite of color, yeah. Well, he was red. He was extremely pale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he he slept all. Parcells the time. called him Beach Ball, because he had in training camp he would come like first he'd be hung over so he'd be a little green, a little yellow on the on the neck and then the cheeks were red. And uh, so you all these different colors. So Parcells called them beach balls. So you might have not have heard the discussion uh, the Monday after that preseason game when Randy was trying, trying to explain the fight. No, what happened? And Dutton's right next to him. He mentioned how loud Dutton is. <laughs> what did he right? say? And Randy's kind of explaining it. And then Dutton, in his loud <laughs> voice, you probably heard it from where you were, goes, yeah, and you know what Randy did after the fight was over? He goes, he told him, meet me in the parking lot afterwards. <laughs> The whole locker room can hear it. He's crazy, man. I'm surprised he didn't say that with a little bit more color. Right. Well, <laughs> because, it might have cleaned yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. He's man. <laughs> hey, Mick, you you worked on a documentary. Yes. About Everson, right? Tell us a little bit about one of your favorite, some maybe a tidbit you found out working on that documentary well, or something. I thought that the neat thing was is he, he grow he grew up here, mm-hmm. Hamilton Park, yeah. area of Dallas. Yeah. No, Highland Park. Yeah, Highland Park. It was Hamilton no, Park. Not, no, that's, that's what you called it. Come on. <laughs> Only people from Dallas would know the clear distinction of uh, <laughs> those two teams, but those two towns. He, he tells us a story about how he would ride his bicycle to the training facility, which was, yeah. what, about a half a mile away? Yeah, a couple it was a blocks. shack, man. It was a dump. It was a dump. They, they had been to three Super Bowls at that time. In that place. In that place. And... Uh, the, the, it was 10, 10 wall, 10. I mean, I don't know if you guys, it, like, you go to Home Depot and get better 
uh, material. It looked like a, when I first saw it, I thought it was a transmission repair shop with yeah. the cor corrugated yeah. metal on the outside. Uh -huh. It was and blue, it, and the, though. And the, and the paint, yeah, they painted it blue, and the paint would come off on your hands all the time. Very industrious. Yes, very yes. industrious. But he used to yeah. go and, and watch practice, right? I did. I did. Drew Pearson was out there with the big afro, and that's when the afros would come out the back of the helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, and jump up on the fence I, or what? Well, what, what we do is stand on people's trunk, you know, stand on their uh, hood or their, you know. The cars? Or, yeah, turn the cars, yeah, stand on the hood. And no and one you could see over. No yeah. one chased you away? No, that was the whole, we were, no. They didn't chase you away. They wanted you to come see. They wanted you to come see. So we just stood up and just watched practice. And then the now, other thing. Now, it did get pretty bad when we played the Redskins. There was always the. The, the, the Days in Days Hotel. In, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the Redskins used to buy rooms over there and they film our practices. Or so, we, so they thought. Well, yeah. Well, so they thought enough to where they bought all the rooms <laughs> out during Redskin week and had security walking the floors. Tex would buy the second So I don't floor. know if you would do that on a rumor. <laughs> would you do that on a rumor? I Te mean, Tex would. He did. He did. And they had security walking. Uh, they, could, they would buy out all the rooms on that side of the hotel because they feared that the Redskins were filming our practices. Wow. And and it, awesome. You had, a, you had a part in that the documentary, well, It right? was supposed to be, you know, as a writer, we like to have clever titles and stuff like that. And I, I was really disappointed. We were supposed to be a full documentary. It was a legend show. We started it as a documentary, and I thought I had the perfect title for it, Cover to Cover. Not only is he one of the best cover guys the Cowboys ever had, but I thought your career, as, as great as your rookie year was, obviously you landed on the cover – of the catch. Cover the cover. That's clear. I, I know where you're going. And Go ahead. It, it, Go ahead. It, it, I'm it, just getting it. Go ahead. He's crafty. He's crafty. It's, it's okay. like in three different ways. Right. You know, it really that. is. Yeah. It Go is. ahead. Go it, ahead. It, it's good when you do it three times like that. Cover to cover. You're, you're rookie year. Everyone's seen the cover. Dwight Clark, the catch, and you're you're on there. Your your career, a great career, goes to the Giants. And years you win later. A Super Bowl. Years later. Yeah. Years Ten years later. later yeah. yeah. Says Bravo, I believe. Right. Right. On the cover, winning the Super Bowl for, with the Giants. Yeah. And I just thought it was perfect ending, cover to cover. That's crazy. And that's man. all you did. Boy, your you career are was clever, covered. aren't you? you? Like that. He's nice. smart. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Why are you hanging with these guys? What's I don't know, on? but I'm about to break my arm right here. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And now you're making, you're reminding me hey. once again. <laughs> I forgot to bring that Sports Illustrated here to get him to sign it. Which go. one? Bravo. Okay, because I'm not signing it. Sign <laughs> um, but you know what? There was one thing that I, I remember about this. Um, you went to Grambling. I did. Why? I followed my girlfriend. Yeah, it wasn't who, really about playing who, football. Who huh? was, yeah, I followed my girlfriend. Who was, who was my wife now? Good. Oh. Yeah, so we're still together. Yes. Turned out to be a good decision. Oh, man, I made good decisions. Once I, once I, I'm like the Cowboys. Once I get my mind going, yeah, I'm, I'm good. So why Grambling? Other um, than that. Th that's it. <laughs> that is pretty much that's it. That's it. <laughs> the fact that there was an HBCU. And, and to, be, to be honest, uh, I thought it just came around, uh, like when she told me, and you know the story, because she knew where she was going. I had only played one year of high school football. That's it? Yeah, I wasn't ready for, to be big-time football player. I really like basketball better. And so here it is. I got to put this helmet on, get all these pads. And I didn't <laughs> want to do all that. That's too much stuff. So uh, my, my, my girl at the time, she, we, were, we had just started dating. And, I, man, you know when you got a good woman. You know when you got one. Mm -hmm. And you're like, man, I cannot let this go. So now she's going to Grambling. All them big buff brothers up there in Louisiana. <laughs> and so that was my reason for following her to, 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 to watch sure, out for my sure nothing best was going interest. On. <laughs> you understand? So then, but at the same time, it's like, wow, Eddie Robinson. You know what yeah, I mean? Right, yeah. And then, and it, it being the HBCU, 
And, you know, everybody knows that the history I've had in, in the Richardson School District, not just me, but the history that, that we have had as when we were integrating at the time, you know, from, I'd say, uh, 11 years on, it was all about race. My whole life was about race. Mm -hmm. I started to learn about it. It was in my face. I had no choice but to, from being in, in Hamilton Park, you know, that little uh, uh, isolated community, and then, uh, uh, but you're surrounded mm -hmm. by people of other persuasion. So you, you've always felt uh, that's, that pressure of being closed in whenever there was a, a, a confrontation, where there was even uh, regulations or rules or anything. So being able to go to Grambling after being surrounded by that negativity and, and pressure and, you know, you just always felt like you never had the benefit of the doubt for anything. And so when you like that, your, your self-worth is, is pretty bad. And even though you might, you know, feel good about life, you always have that feeling, that, that pressure, that something holding you down. Mm -hmm. And going to Grambling changed all of that. You know, when you can sit up and talk to Eddie Robinson or just listen to him talk, don't say a word, just soak it in, it's amazing. And then just, not just him, every coach that you meet, all these HBCU coaches, these are guys that I never read about here in Dallas. You have to read about them in the South. Eddie Robinson had a show on TV on Sundays but usually I'm going to church. Yeah, I, I, you know, I didn't get a chance right. to see it. So even though it's only four hours away, it's a world away for me at that time as an African-American kid. I needed that. I needed to bring up my self-worth so that I can communicate with people like I'm doing now. Wow. I had to wow. have. Your coaches. Have. Huh? Your coaches in your career. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. Serious? Eddie no Rock. Starting with Eddie, Tom, Skip Jimmy. Uh, Bill. Bill. And Bill, and I always have to bring Bill up and Skip, Bill's, which Skip you Jimmy, Belichick. Skip Jimmy, because Jimmy kicked you off the field, or tried to kick you off well, the field. Well, uh, he did. There's no try. <laughs> <laughs> it was his field, yeah. his team. I'm, you say go, I'm out, buddy. And, uh, well, if your but free I, safety would have given you a help in that game. <laughs> I, I tell you this much. We talk about coaches. We talk about coaches. And to, I, I always forget it because it's just it's born in me. My dad was my best coach, for real. If, if he doesn't teach me how to track a ball in the air, then we're not, we're not even talking. We won't even know each other. If, without that, I mean, I couldn't, even, I couldn't catch a ball. So are we talking baseball? That's how I learned to catch a ball. That's how I learned to get interceptions, was tracking the ball in center field, in baseball, trying to track it down. You know, you know what they, I was the only black kid on the baseball team. What <laughs> so did, you got where did they center. put the only black kid on the baseball team? <laughs> He's not pitcher. Run. It ain't catcher. Center field. Go <laughs> get him, Willie Mays. You know, everybody. <laughs> so everybody wants me to be Willie Mays. I'm like, I, I can't even catch this crap. It's just moving and moving. And I asked my dad. I said, uh, Dad, and he was my, he loved baseball because Jackie Robinson and all of that. And he said, uh, uh, you need to run on your toes. That's all he said. You need to run on your toes. Because as kids, you know, I'm nine, ten years old. That's all. We just run in any kind of way we can. And I made a concerted effort that when the ball was in the air, I ran on my toes, and it worked immediately. You know, when you're a kid and something catches on like that, you don't forget it, bro. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it, it, it's just like, okay, now it's instinctive. And to me, if, if he doesn't teach me how to do that, uh, then I, don't, I, I, wouldn't, I would be uh, a wooziate. You know, well, cover them real well, but never cover them, but ball. never catch a damn thing. <laughs> you don't like that, him wearing 24 yeah, like that, huh? I, well, I put it like this. He's close. 
<laughs> I do like his, I got to admit, I do like the fact that, you know, he, he's tough, man. He and Byron Jones, they don't get, get picks, but I got to say, they're pretty good cover and corners. And he can kind of run, too. They, huh? They're pretty good cover corners, guys. I, I got to give them credit. I don't know why they don't catch the ball. Hey, they do what they got to do, but, man, those guys, pretty good cover corners. Let's take a quick break. We were talking about coaches. When we come back, I want to get your favorite Tom Landry story. <laughs> and I then I got a good one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's close it out with our thoughts on uh, our thoughts on what we expect out of the rest of the season. When we come back on the happy hour. Back, back to the back. SWBC Mortgage Dallas Cowboys Happy Hour. Yeah, check this out. Broadcasting live from the Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco. We are back, and before we get into our final thoughts here from Cowboys Club at the Star in Frisco, thank you, SWBC, for having us out. 
Thanks for uh, the Cowboys Club for this wonderful food, this wonderful drink, and this wonderful fellowship that we have had here tonight. My my wife was actually watching, and she said, "I gotta look. I gotta look him up. I gotta look every so often." And then she's like, "57 interceptions! Wow!" (laughs) (laughs) I was like, "Yep, yeah, he was a baller." At least she knows the significance (laughs) of that number. That's good. I wonder how far back we'd have to go from a team perspective to find 57 interceptions. Oh, for the team? Yeah. That's a great – you know what? Let's look that up tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's a good number for you, Corey. I, I, found, I found out. <laughs> let's do that. Let's do that research. Yeah, we'll look that Mickey's up. having flashbacks. Yeah, he's still an intern. intern. Yeah, yeah. He's still an intern. <laughs> Can I go ahead? I found a real weird stat out a while back. I didn't know that uh, Dean Kane in college yeah. is the leader in uh, interceptions That's per right. game in his career. Yeah, really? While he was playing that. with Jason Garrett. So, and Jason has some really cool stories. I don't know about how Superman. I knew that, but I heard right? about that. It's wild, I didn't man. Know that. Probably big, on my show. Big hey. Cowboys fan. <laughs> wow, yeah. But when you get that number, save it for <laughs> Friday because I'm not on tomorrow. Okay. All right. When, you know, when I was seven years old, I went to the Rams-Cowboys playoff game. It was one of the coldest games ever. Oh. And, and we we actually like, – Ice in the end zone. Yeah. Bill, Par- I mean, Bill Bates was rookie year, and my dad, we took a sign, and it said, Bill Bates went swimming this morning. <laughs> and we were going to put it in there, and we actually did, and we put it right next to another sign that said, up against, up against the, the wall, walls. and that <laughs> sign stayed up there yeah. for years. And every time I would see it, yours went down. You know, we probably blew down, whatever. But yours, that sign was in Texas Stadium probably your whole career, wasn't it? That was, yeah, yeah, it was. No doubt. I met the guy that made it, too. Really? Yeah, a lawyer. Yeah, I went by his – happened to be in his office one day trying to raise some money, and he comes out. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he's a Hispanic guy. And he came around the corner, man, and he had it in his office. I really? saw it. Yeah. It was in his office. 83 or 85? Well, 83 was the game. Yeah. yeah. Horrible game. Yeah. Eric Dickerson goes for like almost 200 yards. We got upset at home. That was the worst game. I know you felt like crap after that game. Well, I was seven years old. <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel, you know. My, my dad said, if you take, if you just, we don't get nachos right here, I'll take you to the best steakhouse <laughs> in town. And we went to old San Francisco where the girls nice. swinging around all that. Nice. Yeah, oh, yeah. Seven. I didn't oh, know. Yeah. Yeah. You were like, wow, this yeah, is what's steak. What's going on? I like, this is steak. I like football. This okay, is I'm cool. sorry. I'm sorry. Tom Landry's story. Tom sorry. Landry's yeah. story. Uh, you know, they actually had a, uh, uh, an assassination, a rumor of an assassination attempt. It was against yeah. the Rams. Yep. On yeah. Tom Landry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At, think, in Anaheim. I think the funny thing, and I, you know, at that time, we didn't take it seriously. I, I'm sure security did because they had to. Larry Wansley did. Larry Wansley, former FBI, yeah, he had, that's his job. And uh, so uh, on the way to the game, you know, we're worried about him. They're worried about him. You know, as far as, hey, they might take a shot at him on the bus. And it's easy to pick Tom out because he's got a freaking hat on. <laughs> right? Right. So then what they took. <laughs> so <laughs> they have, uh, they have uh, one of the coaches stand in as a as a. Uh, you know, decoy or whatever. And it was Al LeVan. Remember Coach LeVan? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, he had a huge head. His head was bigger than most heads. <laughs> and he's black. And he had a little fro. Did he so have they, to put a hat so on? They, they, oh, my God. They, they told him to put the, put the hat on, and he sat in Tom's seat. Oh, my God. It was hilarious. Well, you know, during the game, they actually yeah. walked him yeah. off the field in the second quarter. I heard yeah. that. Took yeah. him to the locker room. And then in the second well, you, half, he came back, and he had – they put they made him put a bulletproof vest on. No one still within twenty feet of him. I'm Danny White. At Danny White time. will tell you <laughs> that no he kept. He was next to him and he kept edging down and edging down. He goes. So I'm like, hey, 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 what are you yeah, doing? Right? Come on, come on. Nah, you can't tell me oh anything. Oh my God, that was hilarious. And then of course it was a false alarm. Yeah. This, 
one of the greatest coaches of all time, and then that's the story. <laughs> that's the story. Man. Another guy came in there, no wisdom. And, and I'm like, well, what about Alicia, man? You gonna, what about her? You're going to sit out of van next to your wife. You know what I mean? It's too funny, wow. man. That was amazing. We got about three minutes to wrap this up, so I want to get your thoughts. Corey, we'll start with you on what are your expectations of this team the rest of the season. I, I mean, I expect them to go to the Super Bowl and win it. But, okay. Uh, but, I, I mean, that's what I wanted before uh, the season. Realistic expectations. I, I expect them to, to get to – uh, get pat, get to the next level in the in the playoffs. NFC Championship game. I expect an NFC Championship game. They have the talent to do it. Mm-hmm. They might not have the depth to do it, but they have the talent to get there. And I think that's you know what Jerry Jones has kind of intimated is that this is going to be the thing. We got to go to the next place if Jason Garrett wants to stick around. If Dak wants to get that big contract, if these guys want to do it. They got to go to the next level. We got to see if this Cowboys team has another gear. Yeah, well, I'm just going to take it to the end of the month. They're going to beat the Patriots. I'm just going to say it. They will beat the Patriots. In Foxborough. Yes. Wow. Now, do they beat the Lions the week before? I'm not sure. Maybe not. <laughs> I'm not sure. And if they don't, that's exactly why they'll beat the Patriots. But I think that, that what you're saying, the talent, you know, I, I do wonder about the depth. But I do think that they are good enough to go beat anyone. Now, they've proven they can lose to anyone. That's but I do problem. think they'll go up. That's and I think problem. that they will. Um, they're good enough to beat the Patriots because when Tom Brady has problems, it's because he's got these guys right in his face. And I think, you know, that's what these guys can get there. I think with Bennett now, and I think he might be upset by that game. (laughs) He might be ready to roll. That would be great. Think you'll have some motivation maybe? So let me ask you this question. Okay. I like questions. So they've got eight games left. Yep. Which game won't they be favored in? Patriots. Patriots Patriots. probably. Anybody else? Maybe the Eagles is the maybe, maybe on the road. Maybe I was, I was on the road. Eagles, unless they screw up before the Eagles. And game. we don't know yeah. what the Eagles are going to do. Yeah, earlier, earlier in the year, you would have said Chicago, but it's not looking like no. that now. So you know, you know. But first things first, right? Mm-hmm. Minnesota's going to run the ball at yep. them. And when they've had problems previously, like last year, mm-hmm. people ran the ball at them. And you know, last year, last month, Mike Mike Zimmer's coming in with yeah. two tight ends, yeah. and Delvin. They're going to say, "Here, Delvin Cook, see what yeah. you can do." Yeah. But, but I'm saying that that's going to be the only game they may not be favored in. NFC Championship so, game or no? Yes, absolutely. Yep. They're good enough to do that. Nick, you think they make it to the championship game? Um, I, I'm going to say no. Because I've been here 20 years and I've never seen it. Show so me, right? I, 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 Prove I'm me sorry. wrong. Sorry, hater. I say, I say they'll make it to the championship game. From there, it's up to them, bro. From there, it's up to them. Rematch with the Saints. Oh, unfortunately, the bro. Unfortunately, now nah, it's going to be the same. I can see my picture up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you might be able to make yeah, some appearances, right? Pay me to come out there. <laughs> <laughs> what, what team on the schedule, just real quick, go down the line. What team on the schedule do you fear the most? Uh, I mean, I, the Bills That's are right. actually an interesting, an interesting little group for the Cowboys. Okay, um, the Lions game could be tricky at, at the at the Lions. Really, could be tricky. Mickey, Patriots at home, Bills, 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 Bills make me nervous. They're like one and one in the same. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I, I just feel like the, the the Lions game though. That's one that they probably should win, but you, you, you never know. And we're, look at us looking ahead. Well, fellas, this has been awesome. Thank y'all for helping me keep this mostly in between the ditches. We got to get out of here. Thank you for tuning in to the happy hour.